Whenever I hear Dunkin' Egg, I always think of Dunkaroos. The, 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 <laughs> the snack. kangaroo snack. Yeah, there. that you dip. Hell yes. Yeah, I don't know why. Dunkin' but. Egg. What up? And welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners. I am Nate. Sitting with me, as always, is my brother Zach. Yo! We are a full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire, starting with Game of Thrones. Ooh-wee. So if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome, thank you. If you're welcoming yourselves back to our little... Hail and well met, I guess. Yeah, you sure get a special greeting. Special greeting. Well, they don't, I, all right, I guess just because they found us earlier, they get they get special treatment. I don't know. Whatever. If you joined us last week, we were reading Tyrion two, and it happened to be Tyrion's last chapter. I think. It was Whoa. it was Tyrion three though. Was it Tyrion three? Yeah. Damn it all. Tyrion three, and it happened to be Tyrion's last chapter. <laughs> and we got some juicy bits between Tyrion and some of the Night's Watchmen and Mormont begging him, and then we got John and Tyrion's final farewell and them clasping hands and calling each other friend. That was pleasant. And it was nice. And this week, we are going to be covering Arya 2. But for a minute, like, how's life? Things are good right now. We're right in the yeah. thick of season eight. Things are things are great. There's plenty of new content to be discussed. Yeah, there's tons. So we record these episodes a little bit before before they air. And so uh, if you're listening, season four... Eight's fourth episode aired yesterday. Aw, she is. However, at our current time... We haven't seen it. It's non-existent at the moment. So, look forward to our discussion episode about that Thursday. Yeah. That's in just, what, three days is how the weekdays work? Usually. You know. So, check that out. But today, we're back into the book. And I think it's, it's really fun to be, right now, reading... The first book in the series, while contrasting that with the last season of the show, yeah, yeah, uh, to just sort of see where all these characters began. Well, and... it's nice because a lot of the the first season was just so well done. Yeah, it was, it was very true to the form. The writing was yeah. good. It was very just on the head, and so we can really it brings back the show's season one very easily. Yeah, definitely, because it's just so prevalent in our mind from reading this first book. And man, it's so good. Like, and I'm I'm so pissed at myself because. It's going to be tough for us reading this this chapter here today, Arya 2, because immediately following this, we're going to be recording our first Patreon episode, what? which is the sample chapter from Winds of Winter, Mercy. Yeah, um, this chapter specifically, I'm it's Yo, such a it's it's such a dire oh. contrast. Yeah, there's so much just the. Situation, the knowledge, and base, if uh, the obviously learning. we are uh, full spoiler, but some people don't like reading sample chapters, so we won't, you know, talk too much about Mercy here. Uh, as we said, that's for that's for Patreon, so we won't spoil anything as to you know who All Mercy is or whatever. And... But uh, just these are really good chapters to compare side by side. Um, Arya is in a pretty not dark situation here, but there's a pretty interesting situation evolving around Arya in this second, her second chapter of A Game of Thrones, and then the Mercy chapter is pretty dark, and they just compare really well, so we're yeah, excited So the Mercy that. chapter uh, but will be up on Patreon before this chapter actually airs. Definitely, yeah. So, you know, hopefully you've had a chance to check that out. If not, like he said, it couples really well with this chapter, Arya 2. And so I think that now... Oh, yeah, we can... Let's to... jump right in. So Arya... Uh... 
is eating dinner and Ned is arriving late to the table once again and she can tell by his face that he has been fighting with the council yet again. Yeah, so they're eating in the small hall, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, not a small hall. No. It's just named that because it's a smaller hall yeah. than the Great Hall. Yeah, it's uh, the name is only named so to set it apart from the Great Hall. And that's, <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? And so, yeah, so she's th- in there and it's not just her. She's also, you know, got her sister and uh, Septimordane and all the, the Stark soldiers, all the Stark men that, that came south with them. Yeah, 50 of Ned's household guard, including Jory are also um, eating with them, dining with them. And she also notices that Ned's household guard have new sort of fancy pins. There, she, she can see the, uh, the, the progression of sort of the wealth that Ned's new station has given, even to his household guard, where even now they have new shiny pins cloaking, uh, pinning their cloaks. And it's just sort of this right, upgrade right. in station that's very subtle. But Jory mentions the, the tourney that's being held in the, king, uh, the hands honor. And Arya can see that Ned just wants nothing to fuck. Well, yeah, because did tournament. you mention that when he walked in, she could kind of tell just by his his facial expressions that he's been arguing with the small council. Yeah, again. and and so yeah, Jory brings up probably the one thing Ned's so fucking tired of hearing about right now because he thinks it's a dumb idea to begin with, and yet he's forced to follow with you know Robert's stupid antics. Yeah, and he's the one that's got to deal with all the bullshit of getting the monies moved around, getting things scheduled and ordered and taken care of. For something that Ned sees completely as he sees it as completely unnecessary, it's just an added extravagance that they can't really afford. But Sansa, however, seated as far away from Arya as possible without garnering any attention from her father, any negative attention, mentions that she's really excited. She really wants to go to this tourney, and Ned isn't fond of that at all. Um, no, yeah, This may not. be Robert's folly, but I'm not subjecting my daughters to it as well type of thing. Septim Mordain speaks up, pointing out that all the ladies of the court are going to be attending, and it would look kind of odd if the king's own hand's and daughter... Like, looking at it from Sansa's point of view, like, fuck yeah, Septim Mordain. Like, yeah, oh yeah, Want to go and hang out at the tourney, and, and you know, that kind of... I felt bad for Sansa there, like, because, you know, Sansa is the typical 13-year-old girl that you don't really want to feel bad for. Yeah, no, you she, know, I mean, you've been in attorney season. at King's Land. I'm and sure that's exciting. Sansa may have seen attorney, maybe not, but a, a attorney at King's Land. Well, I think she even grand. said in the chapter that she's never actually been to attorney. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, like, who wouldn't want to be excited? To be a 13-year-old be like, no, you have to stay in your fucking room. And yeah, so, yeah. Like, that would suck. So, Ned, so good on you, yeah, Septim Yeah, Septim speaks up, and Ned sort of, you know, agrees that that's a good point and says that he'll find a place at the tournament for his two daughters. Arya speaks up, saying that she doesn't care about the stupid tournament. She doesn't want to go. And she really doesn't want to go because she knew Joffrey was going to be there. And she hates Joffrey. She hates I love how she did that. It's such the the angsty eight-year-old, like, no, I don't want to go. I'm not going to have fun. It's going to be awful. And I hate him. Yeah, Joffrey's going to be hate, there, and hate. I hate him. <laughs> but Sansa responds that, you know, it's sure to be a splendid event, and you shan't be wanted there. You shan't be wanted. And a quick flash of anger goes across Ned, Ned's face, and he tells her, enough, Sansa. Any more of this, and I'm just going to change my mind, and you won't fucking go to the tournament. But he says, I'm tired of this endless war between you two. And Arya... Just in that that eight year old, she she starts feeling the uh, tears, the tears start yeah, stinging yeah, in her yeah, eyes. Yeah. It just she, it's that, no, she doesn't want to cry. She she's was, not up, yeah, she's she was reprimanded fired. at dinner yeah. in front of an audience when so, she's yeah. fired up, and it's just and so she's determined though not to not so, to yeah, cry. So Ned said, "Your sisters now act like mm-hmm. it." 
Which my thought there was like, you had a bad day at work, Ned. Like, don't don't take. Relax. Well, yeah, like, they, they and, are acting like sisters, Well, And that's Ned. I have that written down in my notes. Like, I know that we're brothers, and, you know, we know what it's like to have brothers that piss each other off constantly because you still do it to this fucking day. <laughs> but I, from what I've heard from sisters I have spoken with in my years on this earth, it's pretty fucking similar. Yeah. Sisters bicker. They get on each other's nerves. They fight. They argue. They hit each other. Like... There's nothing strange happening there, Ned. Like, they're just sisters acting like fucking sisters. You know, sisters. Ned's stressed. He's got an off, <laughs> But Ned uh, ends up excusing himself, saying that he doesn't really have much of an appetite after all. That's the stress. You can't malnourish yourself, Ned. It's not good for and you. And so he leaves the hall. It's not and, healthy. <laughs> and uh, the, the chatter begins to pick up again in the hall, everyone talking and eating again. <clears throat> but it says that no one talk to Arya and she didn't care she liked it that way and she starts yeah, thinking about yeah. how sometimes she would even eat in her room when her father permitted it or some nights you know he wasn't able to eat with them so she would be allowed to eat in her room yeah and she definitely uh she she starts reminiscing about like her brothers and stuff there and that's when she missed them the most yeah the, she know. said one of the options when she wasn't eating in her room or eating with Ned's men and Ned usually tried to do that it was just her Ned and uh and Sansa in Ned's solar, and they would eat dinner together as a family. And she said that was when she really started to miss her brother. Yeah, because, like, fuck that. Yeah, it's just, you yeah. know, I imagine it's the most awkward silence of Ned trying to make this small talk, and these two sisters who hate each other right now because of what happened on the King's Road are just, you know, right, not having right. it. So. And that's it. They were, you know, they were so at odds to begin with because there's a five year of difference there Sansa's into different things than Arya's mm-hmm. into Arya still wants to be a little kid playing and having fun well at the time when yeah, yeah. winter fell and you know but she also the playing and stuff like it's like the equivalent to a girl being told she has to play with Barbie dolls when she's growing up but she just wants to get a fucking G.I. Joe and yeah, like, yeah. handle some shit Sansa was into the Barbies Arya's like yo give me a G.I. Joe and a fucking slingshot and this will be sick as fuck and that's it she you know back at Winterfell she had John and even Bran I think and to that's an extent it. Exactly. who would play with her because he climbs around he likes to do stuff and, and so. baby Rick on even but she, she says that right now she only has Sansa and Sansa only spoke to her when father forced her to but and nobody wants to talk to that in that way. Like, yeah, no. Talk to her now. That's it. Yeah. Fuck like, you, y- bitch. Your <laughs> like, <you're> siblings, <laughs> you're gonna sit here and talk and enjoy each other's company. That's the one way to make sure they never enjoy each other's company. But she starts reminiscing about uh, Ned yeah, and how Winterfell Ned believed in wrong. knowing the men who follow him. And so back at Winterfell, he always had an extra seat up at his high table, and he would ask a different man to join him each night just to get to know his household guard, which. You know, tells us why, sort of a bit why Arya idolizes Ned in this. See, now because this... Arya likes to talk to people too. She likes to right, talk to right. the different. And riding up the, on the King's Road and everything. So, this real quick brings me back to something I mentioned in Brand One, maybe? Like early on, he talked about the, the stranger in the garden who gave him a. I don't know what the fuck the fruit was or whatever. An apple. I don't think it was an no. apple. I think it was something. More exotic than that, strawberries maybe or something. Oh, shit. the 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 blackberry, or blackberry, blueberry, yeah. yeah. And this is one of the reasons why I was surprised that Bran doesn't know that guy because Ned invites all sorts of different people. It lists off the different, you know, it's not only just the head of houses, See, uh, the head, you know, head yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And so 
small folk even he brings in to, to sit there yeah, and discuss you're right, different things. Yeah, you're right, but I think where the difference comes in is that Bran is really only interested in the knights. He doesn't really show an interest in, in the in, small. Arya uh, loves talking to everybody because she wants yeah, that worldly experience. There. So Bran would pay attention to, like, Sir Roderick. Right, the stories right. The he's people telling. that are going to tell the jewelry who's talking about these cool, yeah, you know, whereas Arya, and, and, it's, and she goes on to say that she had loved listening to them talk. Uh sitting near her father, listening to their stories, as well as the free riders and the courtly knights and the young squire and, uh, squires and the grizzled men-at-arms. She just loved talking to yeah, these yeah. different people. And interacting with them in general. Yeah, she would, she would uh, play with their children. Yep, and that's that's she. Uh, that's when she earned the nickname Arya Underfoot from Fat Tom because it always seemed like she was running around under people's feet. She even mentions that she likes that way better than Arya Horseface. And oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. And it's almost funny because like, it... You know, I, I remember some of the names I got called as a kid, and I'm not going to say them because they still haunt me. <laughs> right? All right. No, but, like, yeah, there were definitely times where, like, you know, it would be somebody, you meet a new friend or somebody, and they give you this nickname, and you're like, I like that. Yeah. That's way better than ass butt. Like, yeah, yeah. What? And so, you know, it makes you feel bad, though, because she's, she's being, especially by her sister and Jane Poole, her sister's best friend. Yeah, the friend, mean girls of like, Winterfell. Yeah, just say, hey, fucking horse face. We, we like, have Arya horse face in the burn book. Where's where's your bastard brother? Oh, right, our half-brother. Yeah, yeah. But like, jeez. Yeah, uh, but back, Arya man. thinks that that was back at Winterfell, and everything had changed now, and she hated listening to them talk. Uh, at the dinner table. Well, that now. and she mentions this is the first time that they've all eaten together. Yeah. In in King's Landing since they've been there. Yeah, and she thinks that she used to feel safe around them, this household guard, but that was a lie. Yeah. They they all let the queen kill Lady. No one did anything for Micah. And, and it's sad because it's we, it's something again you mentioned back in the first episode is that. They, those guys aren't bad guys, and she—it's very much her eight-year-old naivety, not understanding. I mean, it's even—it's even the same thing with Sansa. But, like, well, where, real quick, before where I was saying with you going to the first episode is that it's that no matter what Garrett told Ned, it doesn't he matter. Was wrong. He yeah. was going to be executed. Yeah, he no, the queen her. is ordering. And this. so, like, no matter what they did to help it. All it would have done is gotten more of them killed. Yeah, and she doesn't quite understand. It, it that helps yet. paint, and I love this about Arya. It's just she sees things in black and white. Micah did nothing wrong, and so somebody should have stopped that. That was horribly wrong. What happened to him? And there are no shades of gray. It doesn't matter that the queen ordered it to her. The queen is an evil person for ordering it to her. The queen is wrong. Yeah, like that's why isn't the queen? And, and, held she, and Arya's right. She's and Absolutely. that's the thing is uh, you know and that's sort of a a theme in a lot of books, movies, TV shows, stuff like that, that the children see things the clearest. And right now, I think Arya is. She's not interested in the Game of Thrones. She doesn't care about all that's happening. Her friend was killed because they were playing together and some prince decided to come out and act like he was some cocksure, hot shit, son of a bitch, and he got schooled, and this kid got killed for it, and a, an innocent animal got killed for it. Yeah, and she, she ends that whole little thought thing there with, he was my friend. Like, yeah. Well, even even before that, th- then we get Arya mentions that Jane Poole had fucking told her that they cut Micah up into so many yeah, little pieces man. that Fuck. when they gave him back to the butcher, he didn't know that they had given him a person. He thought it was a butchered pig. What was yeah. left of him? But like. Fuck you, Jane Poole. Yeah, no Fuck shit. Fuck you, Jane Poole. Like, yeah, like I, th- 
God. I hate I hate Jane Poole for this. I don't want to say she deserves what she gets later on in the books, that's, but I was gonna say I that know, too, like I want to like, go there, like, but fuck you, Jane. Yeah, Poole. like that's some that that's up horrid to like, say to anybody who just lost a friend, let alone a young girl like this. Yeah, that's and pretty, she pretty thinks terrible. yeah, no one raised a voice, not even her father for Micah, and then yeah, she whispers, "He was my friend," and that's all that matters to her. He was my friend. He did nothing wrong, and they killed him, and. That's where I come to love Arya so much. Is that's it boils down to that he was my friend and they killed him like for no reason for no reason. Yeah, and like so yeah, she says the uh, the food makes her feel ill. It's been sitting there so long it's kind of <laughs> so congealed. My note here it says that uh, she decides she isn't hungry and has to be excused, but Kunta Mordain says no. Kunta <laughs> <laughs> Mordain. Yeah, I didn't no. even remember writing that down. Arya pushes herself <laughs> away from the table, and, and Cunta Mordain asks her, where and are you going? Arya's all, fuck this, I'm out. It says Arya founded an effort to remember her courtesy. She's lost in her grief here, so it takes her. Whereas Sansa, you know, immediately would, oh, may I please be? Arya, it takes her a minute to remember the proper. Well, because she's sitting here stressing out, because it's not, you don't really get it in full until a little later in the episode, but it can definitely be inferred that, like, She's feeling heavy guilt about oh, yeah. this situation. She's like, an eight-year-old who just dealt with because she asked him to play. Like, yeah, yeah. and so you know, she's she can't. I don't blame her for getting up and being like, I can't handle this yeah. shit right now. Like, I'm getting yelled at by my father because my stupid sister is a stupid girl, and that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Like, and so yeah, like you said, she just forgets her courtesies. And yeah, so don't blame her. She at has, all. yeah, she has to be excused. And Septim Mordain says, No, you may not. You're gonna sit down and you're gonna clean your plate because you've hardly touched it. And this is when Lilaria just looks at her and goes, you clean it, and turns and bolts. <laughs> and it says that as she was running from the door, the hall erupted into laughter. The men just fucking thought it was great. And I'm sure that's not a new thing, Arya. So I, I don't think, because uh, I don't, you know, at eight years old, and I'm pretty sure I've experienced that, where I've gotten pissed off and been like, you, you know, thinking I'm saying some bad stuff. Yeah, you stuff, almost say like, like a bad word. You're a... <laughs> Fire face yeah. jerk. You're a freaking jerk. Yeah, and freaking is like a big oh boy. Off. And they're not laughing at you. They're laughing because of the way that she said it to Septimore Dane. It's Ordain, so forceful. That it's like, that's what, but she's going to take it like they're all laughing at yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And so Septimore Dane's calling after her, but Arya sprints. And she sprints all the way back to the Tower of the Hand where her quarters and Ned quarters and Sansa's yeah, quarters like are. Yeah, straight past Fat Tom who's and down Fat at the Tom, bottom And Fat Tom, is guarding the door, and she slides right between his legs, which, <laughs> I mean, she's already got this that sort nimble. of grace. Yeah, mm-hmm. this nimble. She slides right between his legs and runs up the stairs. Which the mention of the that grace that she has now is really – I'm really excited to record oh, yeah. her. Just and so uh, – it says that her bedchamber is the only place in King's Landing that she likes, and the only reason that is is because it has a massive dark oak door, and when she slammed that door and dropped the crossbar, no one could get in. Not Septa Mordain, not Top Fat Tom, not Sansa, not her father, not Ain't Jory. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody getting through this door. And now that she's in there, she she lets go. Yeah. She just breaks down She finally crying. feels safe enough to cry. Which is just tragic in itself. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's a direct reflection on life. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially now, you know, with the the way bullying it is and and things, you know, how fuck society is And so she goes and she sits at her window seat, hating them all and hating herself most of all. And it says, it was all her fault. Everything bad that had happened, and then here again, Sansa said so, and Jane too. So the she yeah she you've got this little eight year old 
who's dealing with the death of her best friend that she believes is her fault, and then she's got her older sister who and another lied, older who girl. Who lied and didn't have her back during Yeah, that. I mean, to Arya's eyes, yes, yeah, Sansa lied and didn't have her back, and then she's got this other older girl telling her that, yeah, this is all your fault, everything, Nymeria, Micah, all this is your fault. And so Fat Tom knocks at the door, and Arya asks if she's in there, and... Arya yells no, and then thinks that <laughs> that tricked him. And I don't know if that's the case. She believes that she tricked him and well, says he's easy well, to fool. He is pretty dumb. But uh, I think we like, do get that. But I, I think it's what's he gonna do? Break the door? I well, think he right. goes and gets Ned. He's exactly. He's she's not responding to me. She's not. I better just go. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty dumb, but I agree. He yeah. wouldn't gotten Ned. And that so she goes nice. to the chest at the foot of her bed and throws all her clothes on the floor until she finds a needle at the bottom. Yeah, and so I really, I like the fact that. The place she goes to her room for comfort, the safe place. But the first thing to that she does to get comfort is needle. And even though you know the reason needle is the reason for Micah's death in mm-hmm. her eyes, but it's this gift from John. It's got this connection, so it's the only place she knows to seek comfort because it's got. I think because it's got that tie to him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. It reminds her of John Snow, and it and it says she as she pulls it out, she thinks of Micah, and tears fill her eyes, and that th- this is where we get. Her guilt that she says if she had never asked him to play swords with her, and then it dot dot dots, completing the thought. If I never, right, you know, asked him to play swords, he wouldn't be dead. And then Septimore Dane begins pounding on the door, you know, open it this this instant. And I love this moment because Arya turns to the door and slashes the air like, "Yo, I have legit done that myself." Yeah, it's not just swords, sticks. I and think she we, says, I, "You I, better I, not come in." And I, I think at this point, if Septimore Dane had somehow come. Arya would have stabbed her. Like, I think she was just so in her anger that she's in her grief, and now she's got Needle. This is this will make it all right. Like I think it, the, the way she slashes when she hears the pounding on the door and tells her, you better not come in here. And, like, she she's just in a mood right now. I think that she's got herself worked into a panic, and uh, there's definitely some of that there. Where, you know, after sitting here firing herself up about the thoughts, maybe about not stabbed her. Maybe that is a bit much, um, but I think she would have resisted. And something oh, well, bad I definitely think that if Septimore Dane came in at her, she'd have backed into the corner, waving the sword around to where Septimore Dane couldn't do anything yeah. to get close enough. Absolutely. So the Septa roars yeah, she's, that the hand will hear of this. I don't care. Like, wait, yeah. wonderful. Go away. Good. And so, yeah, the Septa leaves, and Arya goes back to the window. Uh, I like that she says, you will rue this insolent behavior. Yeah. See? Cunt of <laughs> And so, yeah, Arya goes back to the window, and this is when she starts wishing that she could climb like Bran. Because then she could be free from all this. She would run away from this horrible place, and she could find Nymeria. So, I think that her, her wishing this, this here, gives her... I think it is actually Martin tying and giving a connection to Bran and Arya, and not just as Starks, but as actual Green Seers and the warging capabilities. Oh, really? It's, you know, she wishes. How many of the other ones have said, I, you know, I wish I could climb like Bran, yeah, be yeah. free like Bran, like Bran, you know, and to where she's one that I feel. I suppose John's pretty close too, but of course he will be of the other the yeah, other yeah. siblings. That you know. Well, no, she... it is interesting because she's looking out the window as she says this, and as we know, Bran has a thing with windows. And, <laughs> True story. And then she does continue saying uh, she could find Nymeria and return to Winterfell or to John at the Wall. So yes. yeah, we we get. Oh yeah. And then she wishes John was here now, so we get John and Bran. So I think it's yeah one or the other. You know, she wishes she could either climb like Bran and sort of go Bran's route or. 
go be with John at the wall, and it's just an you know she's she's got so many emotions yeah, playing in her exactly. head right now. Because in the you know we all know in the end she she makes her own path yeah. and does her own thing. And thankfully. then uh, so this is when a soft knock comes at the door, and it's her father, and he just says, "Arya, open the door. We need to talk." So oh, so I have this note here that oh. she no, it's still that oh it's, she she's talking thinking to herself about how much she misses John. Mm. And then Ned shows up. Yeah. And he's the one to calm him down. And I think it's very funny that, you know, Ned's not his dad, but he's got this same calming mannerism. Demeanor, yeah. This this way that Arya can... I mean, she's immediately at ease compared to five, ten minutes ago when Septim Mordain was Yeah, there. yeah, definitely. Like, she's much she more d- relaxed. And she does. She opens the door, and he comes in, and he seems more sad than angry, she notices. And that makes her feel worse. Um, yes. She knows... And, and I, like... And I get that as a kid. Like, she sees that there's a weight on Ned. She doesn't really know what all it is with the tourney and everything that's going on. But, like, she feels bad for adding to it. She knows she acted up and she's been acting crazy. But she has all this grief and guilt inside her. She doesn't know how to express it. She's eight years fucking old. Yeah. So, yeah, so Ned, he asks, she, yes, that's may I, I come in? And this is when Arya looks down ashamed. Yeah. And I so I have a kid. You know my kid, and my <laughs> I know kid, your kid quite well. He, a savage. Uh, I love my son more than anything, but he can be a little shit. <laughs> and he, I've seen that look where like I'll come in and I, you know, I don't want to yell at him or anything, but he's he does something wrong, mm. whatever it is. Didn't put his toys away. He's not brushing his. And I just walk in. You know, hey, buddy. Now listen. I get that you were playing with your toys. And I understand that you want to play with them again tomorrow. But throwing knives at dad because you don't want to put away your Legos is not okay, buddy, all right? Because <laughs> you see how I need stitches now? And, it and he just them. gets this look on his face. And so I know exactly what Arya was looking like there, just completely ashamed with herself. And so she... Yeah, she just looks down and... Uh, she nods her head and lets her father enter. And he does and closes the door. And this is when he notices that needle is in his in her hand. And he asks, whose sword is that? And she says, mine. And he tells her to give it to me. And she does so reluctantly, but she believes it may be the last time she's ever holding this sword. She well, yeah, because she says that, she, you know, when, when she was, I think she was so relieved that her father was there now. Mm. When, you know, she just saw him excuse himself. He was, he had stormed out of the hall yeah, himself, yeah. basically. And... She had completely forgot that she had needle in her hand to begin with yeah. when she opened the door. And so, yeah, like you said, she was uh, she was worried she'd never get to, to, to hold it again. And so he he tests its point yep. and calls it a, bra- a Bravos blade, yep. which is exactly what it is. And he recognizes the maker's mark. Yes. And he realizes that that's Micken, his own, his own the Stark Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Arya can't lie to him, no. and so he mentions, you know, huh? How is uh? How am I supposed to run the Seven Kingdoms when I can't even run my own house without this kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Back? And he asks her how she got it, but she doesn't want to betray John, so she doesn't answer him. But he says that it really so doesn't matter. I, I didn't. I put a side note there that I think it's really funny that San, uh, Arya is refusing this because he she's a sister that doesn't want to betray her brother but ned is the epitome of the brother who won't tell things because he doesn't want to betray yeah his sister. yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's this nice comparison. Yeah, like this, the opposites, but they're both, you know, holding their sibling in the highest regard. No, I won't. I won't give up my my best friend, sib, brother, sister. Yeah. All that jazz. Yeah, but uh, this is when Ned says, you know, I suppose it doesn't matter who gave it to you, but he tells her, this is not a toy. And he asks her, what would the Septa say to see you swinging this around? <laughs> and this is when Arya says, I don't care. I hate the Septa. And that she wasn't playing. And that, yeah, she's not playing with it. She's trying to learn. And that's when Ned says, that's enough. And it says his voice was curt and hard. And he kind of pities Septa for a minute. <laughs> and he says, we've charged this poor woman the impossible task of trying to make you a lady. And this is when Arya says, I don't want to be a lady. And... Ned doesn't really have a reaction to this. He flares but, up a little bit. But he, he tells her that he should just snap Needle over his knee and be done with it. And Arya, always defiant, tells him that Needle wouldn't break. Do it. Which reminds me again of your son. Like, do it. Go ahead. <laughs> fine, throw fine. out my I toys. Don't, I don't even care. Are you throwing out the expensive ones? Go get those ones. I don't want those anymore. Yeah. But no, I uh, ne- I definitely think Ned... You know, kind of flared for a second there with the like, I, I, oh, I just need to, I'll snap this thing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, it won't break, and she knows it. That's a lie. Like that, that thing's not gonna withstand some real hardcore pressure. If yeah. he really wants to break it, it'll break somehow. And so when she says that needle wouldn't break, he says, oh, it has a name. And I it? really like that that piques his interest. And, and then we get sort of the the, the one of the best yes. I think descriptions. He says, ah, Arya. You have a wildness in you, child. The wolf blood, my father used to call it. Liana had a touch of it. My brother Brandon had a touch more. And it brought them both to an early grave. Ugh. Yeah, that's... Ugh. So, so as I mentioned, unless you have, uh, I have a point. No, I was just going to say right there, we get the direct comparison. Well, that's it. Like Leon the fact that I, you know, they, he's got that kind of side by side with the betraying, not betraying the sibling above. And now they're bringing Liana mm-hmm. and, you know, there he is saying, you know, they, they both had this touch of it. Do you think anything in particular about Brandon or the, just, he was a wild kid. He's I think just, it, uh, it was, you know, the duel with Peter Baelish. Like he was, he was quick to, and that, uh, <laughs> From everything that I recall reading of Brandon, he was a bit of a hothead. Yeah, he and that's what known, I was. Yeah. It's just that he's a hothead. Yeah, he yeah. He liked the tournaments. He likes. He was just a little. And so Arya can hear the sadness in his voice, and she thinks to herself that he didn't often speak of these two. He didn't speak of his siblings, but he continues that <sighs> Lyanna might have carried a sword if my lord father had allowed it. You remind me of her sometimes. You even look like her. And Arya's blown away by this, and she says her first thought is, "But Liana was beautiful." Yes, thinking I'm not beautiful, but then like Arya, oh, I know. Aww. Which is, I really, honestly, granted, I'm, you know, but a, Ned, the All Star Dad, man. agrees. That I'm, yeah, exactly. Liana I think that that's beautiful. how, uh, and I think Martin probably nailed it. But again, I'm a dude, so I don't know. That's probably how a lot of eight year old girls feel. That like, yeah, yeah. when people tell them they're beautiful, they're like, but. Me? Do you see her? Like, what? Why me? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. But but Ned yeah, agrees that yeah, Liana was, and he kind of keeps that comparison. So good job, Ned. Yeah, uh, I. Should I turn my page too soon? Um. Uh. Again, with uh, how she he says that she looks like Liana. There's only one other sibling that looks like Arya. Yeah. And that's Jon Snow. And looks like Ned. And, and like, shares this. Yeah. And picture. so if he looks like, if Jon Snow and Arya look similar, and Arya and Lyanna have, look a lot alike, then maybe there's more Lyanna yeah, yeah. in Jon Snow than we actually know. So he asks her, what would you like to do with Needle? And, you, <laughs> and he asks her, do you know the first thing about using a sword? And she immediately thinks of Jon's last 
words to her basically and she says stick him with the pointy end and he laughs and uh, yeah because that's that that's the general idea is basically what he but she she says here and she gets a little desperate it says she desperately wanted to explain and to make her father see and then this is when she gets into the i was trying to learn but and then tears fill her eyes and she tells him i asked micah to practice with me and yeah, she all, just breaks. And it. then all at once, yeah, the grief hits her. She's finally talking about it, and it says it was my fault. It was me. And Ned gets it, and suddenly his her father's arms are around her, and she's sobbing. And he tells her, "Grieve for your friend, but never blame yourself. You did not kill the butcher's boy. That murder lies at the hound's door. Him and the cruel woman he serves." So Ned immediately gets it. She's blaming herself for the butcher's boy, and I think that hurts him. I mean, you know, as a father, as a elderly yeah, figure in a child's life absolutely. you know there was nothing she did wrong yeah. there. so she says you know she hates them all and joff lied joffrey lied and that's when ned's like we all lie mm-hmm. you know and he says he knows her and jory lied to her to him yeah and uh do you truly believe uh or did you truly think i believed nymeria ran off like yeah yeah and that's when he gives this really cool line that ned says it was right and even the lie was not without honor. Yeah. And I mean that's Ned's life. <laughs> that that's it. Like what but where do you that's what makes him such a a hard character to really get on board with is where do you draw that line though, Ned? Yeah. Like where what makes you decide what is and isn't honorable? Granted, you know, we all have morals and there's certain laws yeah, that yeah. are obvious, but so he picks up Needle again, and he goes to the window, and then he's sitting, and his eyes are all thoughtful, and he tells her to sit, and he basically says, you know our words, and she says, winter is coming, and he just says that there's hard, cruel times ahead. You were born in the long summer. You don't know anything else, but now winter is truly coming, and he's basically saying that, like, you and Sansa need to mend this shit. We need to start looking out for each other, and we get the, the line... When the snows fall and the white winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. I always just think of Mighty Ducks there. Because oh. when at the end of Mighty Ducks, too, they're like getting all ramped up and they're like, and how are we going to get past and rise up? Ducks fly together. And so I just think of the pack survives. I hate you. <laughs> it's pretty great. But he says we, <laughs> we have to protect each other. And if you must hate, hate those who would truly do us harm. Sansa's your sister. You need to, she needs you, you need her, and I need you both. Gods, fucking help me. <laughs> and uh, that's when Arya says, I don't hate Sansa, not truly. She's my sister, she's a bitch, and I hate her in that sort of way. And Ned tells her, I won't lie to you. This is a dangerous place. We have enemies who mean us ill. Yeah, he said that summer is the time for squabbles. Yes. Yeah. And... That's it. Like, it's time to... It's what Jon Snow is going to eventually try and be pushing. Yeah. That, like... It's the time to be growing up. There's more shit that needs to be handled beyond... And, and uh, I suppose Danny too, over on the other the other side, I just kind of forget that she's not in winter as much. Yeah. Just because they're and, uh, desert. Yeah. And Arya vows that she will. She She's ready to start growing up. And, and he doesn't say that in a mean way. Like, he's not... He's just saying, like... No, he's almost lamenting like, it. Like, you know... It's, it's, it's time to start growing... Like, we have to. Winter yeah, is coming. And we're in a dangerous place. We have to watch our backs. Unfor- and he's... Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that he was still trying to be the kindly father there. And, not, and you know, Arya, I think, notices it, too, because she says she had never loved him so much as she did in that instant. And she promises him that... 
I can be as strong as Rob. So she really wants to live up to what she thinks he expects. But you notice the whole she's aspiring to the the future Lord of Winterfell, not to Lady Cat. Yeah, yeah, no, she, yeah, she's not thinking she's gonna be Lady. And to so Rob, he hands her needle and he says, "Go on, it's yours." And she asks for true, and he says, <laughs> "For true, for reals, Dad." And he just tells her, you know, just try not to stab your sister. <laughs> and so uh, then we get. The next morning, uh, Arya actually goes ahead and apologizes to Septim Ordain. Who doesn't buy into it all that no, much. No, but she gets a, an approving nod from Ned. You know, Ned notices she's trying. And with Arya, an apology, even as shitty as it is, is better than nothing. And, and so, so, yeah, three days later, yeah. Vane Pool, Jane's uh, Van? 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 Whatever Poole? his name is. Uh, the steward of... Ned Stark comes up and tells Arya that she needs to go to the small hall, which, as we mentioned at the beginning of the chapter, isn't a small hall. It's not the Great Hall. It's just smaller than, or just actually, I think it's almost the same size as the Great Hall. Yeah, Halls. it's it seats less men, but it's Whatever. still grand and um, big. So she goes to the small hall and notices all the tables and Everything's the benches pushed to the side, pushed all up against the wall, and it's empty. She thought. Yes. Until a shadowy a person steps from the shadows. And, you are late, boy. And he, uh, she sees a slight man with a bald head and a great beak of a nose. And he steps out holding two wooden swords. And he tells her, I am your dancing master. And he throws her one. And yeah. she misses the catch. She also notices he has uh, either a bravosi or like a mere accent. She's not quite sure. She just knows it's not from here and that it's over on the yeah. other side of the ocean. And so she misses the sword catch and he tells her, tomorrow you will catch it. And she picks now up the pick sword, up. yep, and it's much heavier than Needle, and she holds it, trying to hold it with both hands, but he instructs her that just one hand, and she's holding it in her left, he notices, and he tells her that that's good, people yeah. don't expect people to to come from the left-hand side, so she he teaches her how to stand and her grip yeah. on this sword. So I like that he mentions also that this this uh, this sword is hollowed out in the center and filled with lead. Yeah. To make it heavy, to make to her build, strong. To make her strong. And she asks, "What if I drop it?" And he says, "Can you drop part of your arm? <laughs> the seal must be part of your arm." And then he tells her, nine years, Sirio Pharrell was first sword to the Sea Lord of Bravos. He knows these things, boy. Listen to him." She corrects him here, girl, and he's like. Uh, what's the quote? Boy, girl, you are a sword. It doesn't matter. You're a sword. That yes. is all. And he says, you are not holding a battle axe. You are holding a, and she cuts in needle. Yeah, she's And he gives she's her a just it. so. And, and so, I love the just so. It's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, yeah, no. Serial for all. And uh, then he tells her, this ain't no Westeros bullshit. Now we will begin the dance. And the dance. And he says, it's not the, the hacking and slashing of the Westerosi <laughs> knights, but it is swift <laughs> and sudden if you could all see me i'm doing the serial thrust right now because i fucking love this scene and now he, he tells her now you will try to strike me and, and she just goes at she him tried for hours. and i feel like yo she's just getting the frustration of the last few weeks out. like she's gonna it's a physical release just, for her and yeah. it's you know that she knows that at the end where she's too sore to lift her arms up she's still trying that's it yeah just because you know it's that ache to to get rid of relieve herself of that that inner and turmoil it, and it's something that interests her so she's throwing every ounce and of her that's being it. into it exactly and, and to yeah. be invited to this chamber to to have that opportunity like and that's all she wanted that's the reason Mike got killed was because she just wanted to learn how to play at swords. No, yeah. I, I'm a bad person for saying play at swords because that's exactly what she doesn't do. Yeah. But. No, it, it like, 
and then yeah it just says that the next day the real work began and he actually begins showing her some fun stuff and that's where the chapter ends and i love it so much because ned ned set this up he knows his daughter i mean especially after the talk they just had wants to use this sword so and it's awesome that he's it shows his his knowledge as well he he saw that it was a bravosi blade right off the bat yeah he went and found an actual water dancer because he knows that she doesn't have the build for that brianna tarth style fight oh yeah no you know and so yeah like Props to Ned for that, even though he was pretty dumb at the beginning, telling him to act like sisters when he should be trying to. Granted, I don't know how to fuck. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's it. Ned's just—he's trying to raise daughters, man, and he's a hard warden of the North. Like he, you know, he doesn't—he's out of his fucking element. Yeah, like with John and Rob, you know, he can just give him a cuff on the side of the head, and like it's good. But he—he doesn't want to, you know, abuse his daughters. So it's—it's this interesting poor dude has to. You know, yeah, he's trying to figure it out. Trying to dance around his sister, uh, his daughter's snake pit too. Well, that's it. Where his daughter is now promised to the prince, one of them. Yeah, and buys into all of it as well. Whereas Arya is a little more perceptive. Yeah, she does. You got an inductee? Oh man. Um. No, you go first. Obviously, I'm giving it to the first sword to the Sea Lord of Bravos, Serio Pharrell. We need swordsmen like him in the Brotherhood. And he's just amazing. Boy, girl, you are a sword. <laughs> so I love Sirio. And and he's the first, as we know, Arya tends to sort of mimic a lot of people that she spends time around. And Sirio is one of the first people. His mantras, you know, swift as a river or, or quiet as a snake, you know, those little montages she says, fear cuts deeper than sword. All those things she says throughout the rest of the series start yeah, here right with Sirio, here. so he's a huge influence on her character, and that's why I'm inducting him to the Brotherhood. Wonderful. I'm glad he's here. He'll help out a lot. I, I've i decided that I'm going to give my inductee this week to Septa Mordain. Oh, my God. Now, I hated her. I called her Cunta Mordain at the beginning, but Ned, Ned won me over. Like, she really is just, like, this poor woman. She's like the babysitter. That our mother would hire when we were kids, who would be like, our mother would be like, now dinner time's at 6.30 and bedtime's at 7.30. And she'd try to put us to bed and it'd be like 11.30 and we're like, bah! Yeah, we were. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give her a pass this time and give her the inductee yeah, for tolerating some hardcore. Like, because not just her, back up north it was Bran. She had to fucking track down, climbing every fucking way. Well, I don't really think that Septimortain is training Bran and Rickon well, on true, their courtesies. Yeah. I think it's more um, But she does ha- she was tasked with trying to keep him off the walls at times. That's and true. Keep, you uh, know, yeah. So she is still kind of a babysitter for the younger ones as well. And then also walking, I'm pretty sure she did a majority of the caretaking for Rickon. But I could be off there. I don't who the fuck know, knows? But, but yeah, so I'm gonna br- give it to Morgan. Right, yeah, she I can guess. teach some of the dumbass members of the Brotherhood in the back, uh, you know, how to fucking read or something. I guess that'd be Lewin. I don't know. She can make us some blankets. What up, Septimordain? Yay! You need to go read the Seven Pointed Star and do some praying. <laughs> anyway, those are our inductees. <laughs> right into us. Let us know what you guys thought of the chapter or any inductees you might have from this chapter, past chapters, or future chapters. We will get there eventually. And if you like this and you're not already, like we said, right after this, we're going to be rereading the sample chapter for Mercy. Yeah. And yo, I'm so excited to really dive into that one. Check it out on the Patreon, which is patreon.com. 
com slash without manners. Yeah, you can also yeah. if you uh, you're you're more a fan of the bird calls or the the tweeting, you can find us at Twitter at manners without. We also have our face in a book at facebook.com slash brotherhood podcast. Um, I have an instant graham cracker on Instagram <laughs> at brotherhood without. You can also find us on iTunes and Spotify. What do you got for the Gmail? I don't have the Gmail in my notes. You're a terrible, terrible person. It's on that card right over there. Without manners, brotherhood at gmail.com. Um, right into us, guys. We've been getting a lot of good stuff. We, we again, we started up the, the show stuff. Uh, that'll be Thursday. That's only going to run for a few more weeks yet. Yeah. We have some, some write-ins about that, but we're going to keep those to the show episodes. We're excited to address so. some of the stuff. Things that were raised, though, so keep an eye out for that. And, yeah, guys, we're just really enjoying all the feedback we have been getting, all the – just all the interactions we've had with you guys. Yeah, on the, Twitter, the last and couple the, months the Instagram, Facebook, it's been, it's been awesome. And what's fun emails. is we're only in book one, guys. There's still a long yeah, road to go with these characters, and we're just more and more excited for – you know, who knows? Duncan Egg could become a thing. Probably will be. It a will thing. definitely become a thing. And then we got Fire and Blood, which yeah. Nate is currently working his way through. So speaking of Duncan Egg, there was this this Reddit post today where somebody had asked if uh, if they if anybody thought that the Duncan Egg series, because Martin has mentioned that he would like to write more Duncan Egg adventures there. Yeah. And they asked if everybody thought that the adventures Duncan Egg would end at the Summerhall tragedy. And I had to reply, and so I said, uh, well, we we can probably say it's safe to assume that it won't go any further than that. That's mean. But it's true. I don't like and it. And so... Whenever... This is, you had a really weird comparison about, like, the Mighty Ducks this episode, so here's my weird one. Whenever I hear Dunkin' Egg, I always think of Dunkaroos. <laughs> the <laughs> the snack. kangaroo snack Yeah, there. that you dip. Hell yes. Yeah, I don't know why. Dunkin' Egg. Anyway, that's where we'll leave you this week, guys. Check yeah. us on the next one. The next book episode will be Danny 3, so join us for that. Until then, check out the show episode. We will see you there. Send us inductees for Danny 3. Bella Harris. Peace. Peace.